Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Dylan Wheeler, big fans. We were going through Twitter, searched your name. You have a rabid fan base. You, I assume you know that because you're, you're pretty active on Twitter, but you get some high praise. And I, I saw a comment recently where somebody said, you're the best vocalist in Texas. And you said, whoa, whoa, whoa. But um, <laughs> you're, my wife texted me last week. She's upstairs in her office. I'm downstairs. She goes, do you know who Dylan Wheeler is? I love his voice. And I was like, whoa, this is great. Like, <laughs> we're about to have this guy in the podcast. But um, do you pay attention to that? Do you kind of feel the buzz or do you try to kind of stay humbled and kind of go, okay, cool, but. I wouldn't say, I mean, I really don't pay much mind to it. Cause I know, like I said, I know tons of vocalists that are, I mean, outstanding that aren't getting the, quite the credit that they deserve and stuff. But, um, I really use honestly, man, Twitter to me is just like a, it's a tool, you know, to, to help promote and stuff like that. I, I really don't try to dig too deep into any of that stuff. Honestly. Yeah. yeah I, like I said, I just, I would well, say no. Well, they're really singing, don't. they're singing your praises big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate that for sure. Like I said, whatever helps uh, get some folks to the show and get the song streamed. So, yep. Who, who, in your opinion, are some of the best vocalists in Texas? Um, man. Um, what is his? Uh, if you, I wish I'd <laughs> written this down right before, or just uh, some of your favorite singers or yeah. artists. Uh, or... What, uh, name. Uh, he does the um, I Will Always Love You cover that went huge a few years back. Um, goodness gracious. I've met him and I've listened to his stuff, but he's insane. Um, um, I oh, think I – is it Josh Weathers? Josh Weathers, yeah. Josh, Josh Weathers. Weathers. You're going to be hard – it's going to be very hard to find someone that can outsing Josh Weathers, uh, in my opinion. As like vocally, that dude is – He's talented for mm-hmm. sure. And uh, I mean, there's tons of female artists that are, yeah, and as well. I mean, they're, 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 yeah, I would say I'm at the top of that list. By <laughs> any means. Well, even at like the end of Tell Me I'm Wrong, the on the uh, acoustic one, you just let it rip. Like I was driving in today and listening to that again. And, <clears throat> you know, obviously you've heard it before, but then just like listening to it, you know, getting ready for the podcast, it's like, God damn, like yeah. just I just the whole way I'm driving, just hit that on repeat. But you have a voice, and I don't know if you've ever heard this comparison, not in every song, but 
have you heard of is it how, how do you pronounce it was dermot kennedy dermot yeah have you ever heard that like there's some times where i hear some of that in you and like in a good way where it's like sometimes it's like i hear rock or i hear country or i hear some, like the co wetzel vibe or and then i hear that i'm like you have a very unique <clears throat> i know right away i'm like this is somebody different so yeah. i think that's one of the biggest things it's like the natural way um a lot of times with the dudes you know everybody sounds the same everybody does the same thing the same type of song um when you can kind of stand out on your own um by just how you sound your voice i'm like to me that's just like automatically as a fan i'm like <clears throat> i gravitate towards that so i appreciate that um, i have i've actually have gotten compared to or not compared but they've set up you know sounded like him i get gavin DeGraw a lot as well i get that one surprisingly a lot gary allen i've heard people say mm. i can symbol him as well as far you know vocally and uh but no i do i do appreciate that i kind of pride myself on like i although the first topic was uh not being like one of the better vocalists or anything like that i do pride myself on trying to be as good vocally that's just what i'm because i'm not the, the greatest guitar player by any means you know so i do i, I like to try to sing as, as well as I can, you know, mm. and, uh, I kind of, <clears throat> I had this conversation with a gentleman the other day. I pulled from a lot of my influences are pretty broad and I kind of pull from all those. So I guess that's why people say I sound like a, a wide variety of folks sometimes. Yeah. Do you, um, like, <laughs> do you, uh, cause I've seen some videos of, uh, singers before they go on stage and they put their faces in these like steam things and they look, all this stuff. If you're really hung over and you're a good singer and you got to go up there and sing, does that affect it? So what's your hangover cure one? And then two is like, do you got to prepare yourself physically for like, Oh shit, I, I, I overdid it last night. Now I got to go see my ass off. I'm going to pass out. Uh, I haven't, it, it's been a while since I've uh, instant like that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've got this little uh, machine. It's a little, like what you're talking about, a little vapor machine. Yeah. Kind of steams a little bit. Uh, If I'm in a real bond, you know, a little sore throat, I'll I'll use something like that. But it's, I don't have to do it very often anymore. I don't drink nearly like I used to. So I'm not joining the club. (laughs) Well, we all have kids, I think, around the same age. So you just had a baby recently. Um, yes. my, mine's one and a half Wes, yours is what three months. So Mine the drinking changes. Eight. Yeah. How, how old? 15 months. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I almost notice it's like you leave the house a lot less or well, for you, you're touring, but like you leave the house a lot less and there's no late nights partying at the bars or whatever, but the consistency of drinking once you have a kid is much more even like you, it's not just like, Oh, back in the day it was like, I can't, I can't drink today. It's Wednesday. Like now it's like, fuck it. Every day you got, you can have a little bit if you want go in the garage, but it's never like the late nights. Right. It's kind of nice. It's like, yeah, it's like a more mellow. It's not the, 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 the peaks and valleys that it was at at one point. You don't go in the kitchen before bath time and like line up with some like Casamigo shots. (laughs) (laughs) You don't. (laughs) I I take a shot for every diaper we change. That's what oh my, that's my yeah. one thing. Is like I'm not a ugh, like. Luckily, we didn't. We didn't have a lot of like. We, I don't think we ever had like a blowout. Um, but just the 
just the diaper stuff. I'm like, I just took out the diaper bag. That's the worst. I hold my breath and tie it and run out, throw it in the garbage in the alley. I, uh, I will do anything to not have to change up. I, I it. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I made it. I made a deal with my wife the other day where it was early in the morning and I was just like, I do not want to do the first one. So I was like, I'll do the rest of the day. If you just get this first one. And I was regretting it by like 1130 in the morning. But by the but, first one after that, it's like, damn, why did I, why did I agree? I've got a whole day of this. Yeah. I, I was like, once I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll cook dinner. I'll clean the dishes. I'll clean the toilets. Like I was like willing to do everything. except I just don't want to do the, <laughs> I just don't want to do the diaper, man. I just, I just like most guys, but has the baby influence, like whether it's songwriting or, um, any any form of your music is the has having the the child kind of change perspective on some things i assume yeah definitely um you know it's not and it's not quite the like the party scene you know necessarily not necessarily party scene but it's i feel like i'm we're starting to write music you know that's more um fitting more mature than mm. the you know i'm very grateful for our song broke ass kid and stuff brad bad bitch and what you know those those did for us and i still love the songs love playing them live and everything but mm. i do our music's taking a little bit of a chance you know turn um like I said, just it's kind of growing up with us a little bit um it's i don't want to be 40 years old singing about getting drunk at a pasture park you know what i'm saying like I'm, I feel like where it's helped me kind of make a, a gradual change into a more mature sound, I suppose. Yeah. Like everybody was on Luke Bryan for a long time. They're like, dude, you're in your forties. You have kids. Why are you doing spring break albums? I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you saw that. If you, <laughs> but it's just like, I appreciate that. Cause that's one of our things we always talk about authenticity on this podcast. And it's, sing it like guys that are open about like say like they don't drink but then they sing songs about drinking i'm like this is weird like yeah that's the first thing that comes to my head as a as a as a music fan um i had a conversation i was playing golf i live in a i live in a um camper right now i bought a travel trailer <laughs> uh, and we moved into a little place over in canton and uh where i'm from over in texas and stuff well I played good. So my friends are like 70 years old. They're old retired folks. And I was playing golf with them a while back. And they, um, they, one of them asked me, he goes, Hey Dylan, I've been meaning to ask you, why do you cuss so much in your songs? And I said, well, uh, I cuss in my songs, just like I will. The guards when I stayed like, I, sorry, Hey, just like I drink off here because I've, I've known people that I'm not trying to throw anybody into the bus, but I know artists, you know, that'll, they won't drink on stage. They won't cuss on the stage, but in the back, they're doing the most wild shit. You know, they're the craziest ones of all. And that's just <laughs> not something that I wanted to be. And I told him that I explained that to him and he, he understood. And I said, you know, if I'm sitting here, the worst thing I'm doing is saying a few cuss words and drinking on stage. And I guess we're doing all right we got a similarity there because we'll, we'll get a Facebook DM every now and then 
um, from Debbie or Barbara. We have like 1.8 million followers on the Facebook page. So it's, you gotta, you gotta mix bags sometimes. And they'll be like, why do you guys need to curse so much on the podcast? Or why do you guys need to curse so much in your articles? I go, we do things the way we talk. We never call ourselves journalists, right? Like it's, it's not like nobody's claim here is claiming that they're a journalist. We built this thing in a different way. And it's like, I think that's what grows an organic fan base is like when you're yourself and you, and you, you tweet or you talk or you post on Instagram the way you would normally talk that comes through, you know, maybe it's going to rub a few barbers the wrong way, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Barbara, this isn't for you. This isn't your, this isn't yeah. your, your, your mom's yeah. country site. I, uh, uh, that's one thing as well. Like I have guys, you know, they, they help me with my Facebook and stuff. And I told them they'll, they'll send posts to me and I'll word the post, you know, like they'll make the post and I'll just tell them what to put on it that way. <clears throat> um, actually Parker McCollum, I was at a Texas music picker seminar probably four years, three or four years ago. And Parker was speaking mm-hmm. and he said the biggest thing, uh, helped him or the, the biggest thing was, being exactly who you are outside of um i mean exactly who you are on there and do your own social media type stuff and that's one thing ever since then i i kind of stuck with me hey i need to be the one that's i need to be the voice of this i don't need someone you know just a a robot posting dylan wheeler has a show here and there Mm -hmm. that's not fun no i think it's fun to connect with the fans and yeah you're doing it right right and speaking of connecting with fans, you're doing a Christmas show, Billy Bob's Texas. What kind of, is that something that you expect like a lot of people to come out for in the sense of like, cause I would love to go to a Christmas show. They don't have yeah. them around here, you know, yeah. like, but it's cool how I think Texas is a place where it's like, yeah, we'll have Christmas morning with our families. Bring the grandma, bring everybody. Yeah. Like, we'll like bring everybody, dinner. Out, you know, like that sounds absolutely <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Me. It does sound awesome. But there's like, there's just nowhere to do that here in Illinois where I live. Um, I'm from small town, East Texas and out there, um, you know, I was kind of, whenever I got the offer, I was like, man, at first I was like, no, I don't, I don't think so. Just because I, I was unaware what holidays were like inside of the city. I've never spent Christmas in Dallas. I've never, yeah. you know, like that. So <clears throat> like I said, at first I was like, no. And then my agent started saying, well, last year they did this and, you know, they showed me the shows that they had played, you know. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever of the year before. And I was like, if they did it, then surely it's a good idea. Um, I think we'll do, I think, you know, I'll, I'll surprise myself in the band with, with how many people are going to be there. Um, like I said, we're, we're still tiny guys on the scene. I mean, we're at the bottom of the totem pole right now. So we're not expecting to go in there and sell it out, but if, you know, we do, a decent amount of tickets for us we'll be happy and uh, i think we're gonna i think we're gonna be able to do that i it's just funny when you talk about like selling tickets of west i always joke about like some of these major label artists in nashville how they couldn't sell out and you know uh, a pot bellies bad a pot man. bellies yeah <laughs> and it's you know and it, i know you, you can sell more tickets than people that have <clears throat> that are like more famous but when I look at your streams and I compare it to them and you're beating them, I just get joy in that. 
<laughs> I, yeah, you are and others. Like, there's a lot of that. We, we, Zach Bryan. You compare him to a lot of other like big names. You're like, Jesus Christ! Like, this is this is pretty damn awesome. And I think it's just like a really, really good thing for country music right now. And you know, people like you, like you got a big buzz because we we pride ourselves on having that like finger on the pulse and all that stuff, and uh, put you in a bunch of recent lists, and you'll be on more, but it's like people react to your, to your performances and your music, especially your acoustic stuff. So it's like, when you get that type of fandom, you can't buy it, you know, in my opinion. So, and Billy Bob's that's one place Wes and I like, we gotta, we gotta make yeah. it out to there some, at some point. You've, have you ever been there? Oh, I've never even been to the venue, oh, okay. man. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. yeah. From Texas and never, <laughs> we had a pretty good venue right down the road from a silver saloon. And that's, mm. I mean, I've been sneaking into that place since I was 14 years <laughs> old. That's an hour and a half drive for me. If I could How does that work, sneaking in? Have, um, well, you at the time, you could, if you were, I think, 15 years old, you could get in with a parent. So you pay someone oh, okay. in line to parent. <laughs> um, you know someone that's already in. They sneak you a wristband somehow in the line or through the door, the back door. And um, the f- that was the biggest venue that I'd ever – the first big venue I ever played. Played my first full band show there. It's a pretty good-sized room. I, I think they're 2,500 caps. So, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a good-sized place. Definitely one of the bigger, you know, indoor bars in, uh, in, in Texas, if I'm not mistaken, uh, behind. I was so used to getting in trouble in there and, you know, that uh, the manager came up and he, he he just got done breaking up a fight. He literally walking a dude out the door and he touched me up and said, hey, don't. So immediately, as soon as he turns his back, I take off running through a crowd and I'm gone. I'm, I'm dipping. I didn't find out until a month later. They were trying to book me to play the venue and uh, they were trying to have me come play my debut there and i'm running from the manager because i think i'm getting kicked out for oh, almost getting in a fight or whatever yeah so I, we we laugh about that still to this day the owner and i will will chuckle about it because they were trying to get me in there and i was avoiding them at all costs i had no idea who were some of the first artists you remember seeing there when you were like sneaking in uh i used to go watch john Stony LaRue. Um, I loved back in high school. Those were, those were the guys, you know, for, for us. Um, and we, man, I, I was in there every Friday watching somebody. And then later on, um, <clears throat> right before I started pursuing music, um, it's when Co was really starting to kind of pop off. Um, Noise Complaint had just released. I was still in the oil field oil and gas industry whenever he released noise complaint and it was like a few months later he played uh, a show up there and uh, i watched him that was the first i think sold out like really sold out show that i had ever seen there um and that that was crazy and like i said that's about the time that i started really pursuing music and stuff but yeah those old cats uh, guys um that 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 was my main main ride back I sneak in to see those guys all all the time. Either that, or uh, we traveled. I mean, I would go to Tyler and watch guys out there rodeos. I'd go watch them 
anywhere, but. That's awesome. And we, we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, but um, one of the drunkest we've ever gotten with anybody ever, probably in, in ever anywhere, not even just artists <laughs> was, with, <laughs> was with Co Wetzel. Um, I was just, I mean, that guy, as we've talked about on the podcast, and but he's the sweetest guy and it's so real. It's so him. Do you have any like Cole Wetzel stories where, where you're drinking with him and it's just like the world's heart spinning? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just got to open for him the first time, probably a few months back. We opened for him at floors down in Helotus. It was a last minute thing. Uh, Cody West had to pull off of the show. Someone in his uh, camp, I think, had COVID or something. So I had to pull off. <clears throat> we're on our way. I don't remember. I think we were heading to San Angelo and I get, I wake up to a call and uh, or an email uh, text and it says, Hey, do you want to open for code at night? And I was like, I absolutely. I want to, but I've already committed to, I've got a show over here. And uh, I laid back down and I was like, damn, that would suck. I mean, that would be badass. I can't do it. And then I get another call like two minutes later from my agent. And he's like, Hey, we're pulling that show tonight you're you're going to open for Cole, and i was like hell yeah i didn't think that was an option i thought <laughs> that the, you know i didn't know that's how how it worked really and uh, <laughs> you're like respect you really wanted to play for the one yet <laughs> or, or try yeah. to do both maybe <laughs> we immediately uh i hollered up to the front i was like hey set the gps for turn his bus around yes <laughs> yeah. for floors we'll figure the rest out when we get there and we we did, man. We hauled ass down there, uh, and we played a show <clears throat> and for them. That was also our biggest crowd at the time. Both of my biggest crowds are opening for for Co. But uh, that I've got to play in front of it. So we played that show, and uh, I were chilling over on our little bus, and my drummer was on Co's bus. And I didn't know that, and he calls me, says, "Hey, come here." Co's asking where you're at, and I was like, "All right," because you know, I mean, I, I know Co like we've hunted and stuff, but. I just wasn't going to barge on his bus. That's just not what you do. Y'all, y'all know that. Mm-hmm. And so I go over there and man, there were shit, probably five or six bottles of whiskey. Someone had brought like a, a brand. I don't know who, I don't remember what brand whiskeys they were, but someone had brought like a bunch of different, you know, bourbons mm-hmm. and all that. And then we were all sitting on the bus, probably 10 of us, five or six bottles of whiskey in rotation, just like a blunt, just going around. <laughs> and, where next thing I know, I'm sitting over there and me and Co are across the table from each other. And he's handing me this. Uh, we had Jack Daniels at this time by the end of the night, hands back to me. And finally, I look at him. I said, hey, man, I've got to throw up. <laughs> and he said, uh, he said, he looks at me and goes, all right, go outside. I'm going to come with you. And he did. Sure enough, we go outside and they, they have to put rails around their bus because fans are crazy about him you know yeah, yeah and i'll just grab one i was laid over that thing for about three minutes just i mean letting it all out <laughs> he's sitting there laughing. and i turn around and i said hey man are you mad at me and he and he goes are you uh, mad he's at like, me? yeah because i because i got sick you know i mean i was just being funny but he goes hell no i love you and i'm still gonna share this cigarette <laughs> oh that's great that's that for sure no way but yeah that's that was a that was a rough one that hangover was 
something serious. <laughs> something serious. It, yeah. it's, it's almost like an initiation with Co. Like, the, I don't know if it's like the first time you go on the road with him or the first time you open a show for him or the first time you meet the guy. It's or you do a podcast like, with him. You do a whatever. podcast with him. <laughs> we did it. We, it might be the last time I had blacked out. Like, he, I didn't physically see him go on stage. I was gone by that point and I woke up the next morning, Saturday in my house and I, or my apartment at that time in Chicago. And I was like, I don't even know. Like, fuck, I was having such a good time. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's hard, man. <clears throat> but I love the, are you mad at me thing? I had a buddy who used to always say that, like when he would get too drunk, he, I would, I would get a, every morning I would wake up and there would be a text that said, are you mad at me? And I go, no, for what? what? He goes, Oh, thank God. <laughs> Like if you get, if you overdo it, man, it's just like, shit, what did I say? Yeah. What did... yeah you start overthinking like, 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 like that. You just, you don't know what all has been going on. And yeah, that's, that's an odd feeling. You just need some uh, reassurance there. Make sure you were all right. Absolutely. You're uh real quick. You're, you mentioned Gavin Negra earlier. You did a cover that a lot of people like, um, when it comes to covers, what I had this idea and I told Wes before he come out, I was like, maybe I'll tweet at you at some point soon here with whiskey riff and be like, Dylan Wheeler should cover insert whatever. And then let the fans kind of pick. And then you should do one because you could do a lot of different yep. cool stuff. Like, do you like nineties country? Do you think you could pull some of that shit off? I think you could. I could, um, but you don't want to. No, no, no I definitely will. Um, <clears throat> You know, um, we would def- we'd have to put our own spin on it because I don't have yeah. the well, quite the yeah. I'd be down for sure. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Well, I saw you tweet also that Matchbox Twenty is good or gets the mind right. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I feel like I totally know what you're saying right there. I just like yeah. felt that. I'm like, oh, it's I get three a.m. <laughs> shit, right? That's them, right? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> them. I was uh, I was dead tired. I forgot that last night I had agreed to um, pick my buddy up from the airport in Fort Worth yeah. at midnight, and so uh, it was like nine o'clock. Yeah, it was like nine o'clock at night. I'm sitting there talking to my girlfriend, and I'm like, uh check snapchat and i see him in the airport like a few hours prior and i was like oh shit i completely forgot so when i'd also agreed to duck hunt with one of my old high school buddies then this morning so drive to the airport get home at like 2 30 and then went duck hunting at 4 30 or got up to go duck hunting at 4 30 but uh yeah i was on my way up there and i was jamming uh matchbox 20 the whole way just <laughs> who are some of those other get your mind right type of artists that you can just put on and, and vibe to and uh pick you up? Do, you remember, do you remember eagle eye cherry save tonight that's a weird song that kind of fits in that <laughs> you remember that song yeah i i believe so you know, it's like one of those era songs you know it's yeah. like the early early 2000s maybe late 90s and right around when matchbox was doing it it's but yeah, man. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know why that made me think of that. Was. Um, I'm weird. Sometimes I like um, 
I don't know, the get, get your mind right kind of songs for me are still sometimes like the more sad songs. Uh, yeah. Just as as driving and by, by yourself, man, Matchbox is always good, but I like, I like a little more of the rock side of things as well. So I would listen to like Pearl Jam and mm-hmm. any Chris Cornell back in the day, Stain, <laughs> stuff like that. For me, that's that for me, that's the music that kind of brings it home. That kind of gets, gets me back for, you know, feeling like a uh, feeling like I should, I suppose. Some of those high school locker room tunes when you're like, yeah. or weight room tunes, when you're like working out. <laughs> yeah. Just the we, stuff I grew up on. It just kind of brings a little peace to you or something. I got, I got last night I was cooking a, like a big dinner for the wife and baby and everything. And, I, I got the Dean Martin going, which I didn't really, the Dean, like, I'm not a big Christmas music guy, but for whatever reason, and sometimes I go to this Rat Pack situation and, I, and I'm like, this is good, man. Just hearing that <laughs> stuff, it like puts me in that holiday mood. And I'm like, you know what? I feel happy, like listening to this, but I, I, I couldn't listen to every mainstream country. Or I don't know if you know this, like everybody releases a country album and it all sucks for the most part, it's all really, it's just like this artist that isn't very good is releasing Christmas songs that have been sung by Frank Sinatra. Why would I want to listen to that? Yeah. Um, so when I get to go back and listen to the, the old school stuff, I'm like, ah, man, it's nice. It like kind of gets you in that, in that mindset. You want to smoke a joint, drink a little whiskey. I, I was drinking uh cognac last night. I haven't had it in a million years because I was making a sauce with it. That's where, I, that's where I'm at in my life. You're, you're getting sauce while making your sauce. Yeah, exactly. That's the best. That's the best way to do it. You mentioned duck hunting, though. You were with Parker recently. Oh, real quick. The the second photo you posted with the dog, is that mm-hmm. your dog or somebody else? Uh, uh, my, that's my friend's co-workers dog okay. uh, i was gonna say i we want to share that picture on riff outdoors we have like another brand extension called riff outdoors i'll yeah. tag you and tag everybody but that's a great pick the dog just looks like worn out uh yeah. but beautiful dog and then uh but you were with parker right and who's uh, better i was i wasn't i oh, wasn't okay. with him he yeah the reason i did that he had just posted i was getting ready to post uh the picture of our ducks and he had just posted and he had all these pretty birds and like all those oh, okay. and stuff and I flashy ducks that he had. So that's why I put that on there. No, that makes sense. I think Wes's goal is to move out here eventually. Me and him always joke about like taking his daughter, my son, like go duck hunting and shit. And I, yeah. I, that's why I had that note down too. Um, I just got a stocking stuffer for my kid. Cause he's, he loves that duck hunting noise. If I just take like a bottle or do some, so I bought him like a little, you know, duck call, put it in his yeah. thing and hopefully he plays with it. If not, I'll take it. <laughs> My, uh, last night I was actually rigging up some decoys to take out with us this morning. And, uh, my son, he's just recently started walking like a couple months ago and I'm over here trying to get all these decoys ready. And all of a sudden I'm turning around and I'm missing them. He's taking them. He's coming over and grabbing them from behind me. And taking them and hiding them and stuff, just putting them all over the. It was cool though. I'm excited for him to be old enough to go out with us and be really cool. Yeah. Is, is duck hunting your uh, main? Are you more of a duck hunter, more of a deer hunter? Kind of how are you? Definitely more deer. Um, yeah. I just started this last. Um, 
had some buddies get me into it. Um, I went to play a show. I'd, I'd gone on one guided hunt up in Arkansas, that, but that wasn't like real duck hunting. It was the – I was sitting in a, a floating blind wearing – I wasn't even in waders. I was in blue jeans and, and my muck boots. Didn't even have to have the muck boots. Uh, and it's like 20-something degrees outside, but I'm in there in, you know, a light little jacket. They've got a heater running. They've got a stove in there. They've got someone <laughs> – Calling the ducks for us, spotting us. We literally pointed our guns out the window and just shot. I mean, it was like yeah. barrel type of situation. But I went to play a show uh, down in Zephyr, Texas. And the owner, <clears throat> he said, yeah, my son duck hunts. If y'all were going to be here longer, uh, I would have told him to take y'all duck hunting. I was like, well, shit, we're off tomorrow. Let's go in the morning. And sure enough, I borrowed the owner of the venue's camo and we uh, borrowed a shotgun and half my band that wanted to go, we ended up staying the night, getting up the next morning and just duck hunting all day with uh, the owner of the venue's family. Had so much fun. We, uh, the, instead of buying another hotel room, the owner said, hey, I've got extra rooms at the house. Y'all come stay. So we stayed another night, got up, duck hunted again the next morning, and then all loaded up and drove to the next show. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what got me really started in, in it. And uh, ever since then, man, it's it's fun, but yeah, I, I duck hunt. I mean, I, I deer hunt more. I haven't got to this year because I've been busy, but uh, I'm pretty involved with on tour outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, we know those guys. Yeah, my buddy Jake. He he uh, started that a while back, and we hit it off from the and uh, we we started. You know, I started tagging along with him on all that stuff, and that, that's been pretty fun. So I've got to do a lot of things with that that I probably wouldn't have got to do at least not this quickly you know um as far as like hunts and stuff like that i've been fortunate to be able to hang out with and do stuff with them after after we're done here we gotta we gotta send you some uh like we got our duck hunting riff hat from mossy oak that's dope this is another mossy oak tea um we gotta send you some stuff man we'll make sure you get your address and shit absolutely are you more of a bow hunter or rifle hunter I used to be a rifle, but Jake, actually, whenever I started kind of dealing with uh, OTO, he told me I had to get a bow. So I went bought a bow <laughs> ever since the man, once you, once you shoot something with a bow, you, you, you feel never, like Rambo. Yeah. You never, want, rhyme. you never want to pick up a gun again. Like you, when you shoot your first deer, you get this crazy adrenaline rush. And then over time, you know, you start to lose that with a gun. And I, I don't know if you do with a bow. I haven't shot a, a, enough animals with it. But um, when you do shoot something with a bow, it's like that first moment, like being a kid shooting your first deer all over again. And I was 24 years old, 25 years old when it happened. Or, I'm uh, sorry, I was 26. I just turned 27. So, yeah, I was 26 years old, I think. And um, I, I was up there shaking in the tree stand just like I was at eight years old when I shot my first deer. And, uh, I think if I think if you ask Cam Haynes, he would say you never lose the adrenaline rush. <laughs> if you follow him on Instagram, I yeah. Mean, yeah, Jake Jake talks about him quite a bit. That dude's a monster. Yeah, yeah. In more ways than one. Yeah. Is the uh, you get you you looking to do any type of like elk hunts or anything like that and get into more like big game type stuff? Take some edibles, come to Colorado. We just I wander just, around. I actually just did a elk hunt in Colorado uh, this past season. Oh, wow. 
And I'm telling you right now, I was not prepared for that at all. I mean, <laughs> physically, not, yeah. Oh yeah. Physically, yeah. not even the slightest bit. Um, we got up there and I jumped in the back of my truck to grab a uh, cooler out and I got lightheaded. We had just mm, pulled uh, man, something's not right. And I got altitude sickness the first night oh, I was, fuck, yeah. uh, yeah. Jake woke up to me. I had to get outside of the tent. It's like 30 degrees outside and I run outside my door and I'm just throwing up like crazy. He thought, and I, I didn't know what was going on cause I'd never had altitude sickness. Um, like you know anything like that so uh he thought we were about to have to call a, a helicopter to get me off the oh. side of his- <laughs> it was a i'm um, laughing but yeah no we're in the middle of we we're doing a public land bow hunt and that was the first i mean that's first thing i ever did was that as far as you know big right. guys and uh just to get to the spot where we were i want to say on in a truck it took us from the, from pavement, it took us two and a half hours of driving to get to where we were camped. And, uh, it, if something were to happen to you up there, you, I mean, you're, you're in a bind, a real, a real bind. So he was freaking out a little bit. He's like, shit, we're about to have to get a helicopter out here to get me out of here. Cause it, it was pretty freaky, man. But, uh, after that, woke up the next day, drank me some water, chilled out, leveled ate, off. Yeah. And, and dude, it was, it was fine after that. Um, by the third day out there, I was getting around a little better, not anything like I can hear, um, you know, down here, Jake and I, I shot my first Turkey this last year and we walked 22 miles in a day in two days. We walked 22 miles. Uh, we tracked it on our phones trying to get this bird finally get, we were literally walking out of the place we had to leave. And I shot the bird as we we're walking to the truck. <laughs> and, uh, but he and I were talking about that up there in Colorado. We're like, man, back home, we can, we can do this. But I mean, it was embarrassing. It, I've never felt more. Humbles you. Yeah. Very. <laughs> if I, I mean, dude, if I rolled my ankle or anything like that, we're done. I mean, I, I couldn't walk 20 feet. If someone else had been injured, I would have been an absolute liability. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, I could not have carried somebody's bow off this mountain. I was, I was, I'd walk 20 feet downhill and I was out of breath. Yeah. Where, was, did, were you, how, do you know how high you were? Uh, I think at our peak highest we were, um, around 12,000 feet. Oh, shit. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah that's, that's <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. Like where, where I sit right now, I think in our area is like 5,900 to 6,000. Yeah. And then I'm trying to remember, we went on a really big hike in Estes Park, which has a ton of elk. And like, you go to somebody's backyard and there's just like literally 50 of them just like sitting there like dogs, like just hanging out. Yeah. That's the we kind went, of, we went all the way up and I, I forgot what it was, but I was like, I was pretty winning. Cause, and of course I got this like chest infection that was already starting. And I was like, something feels weird. And I was like, maybe it's just cause I'm going up. And the next thing I know I was sick as hell for seven days after that. But yeah, that, that's something I feel like a lot of people that come out here, like forget about also you get drunker quicker for people that aren't used to it. Right. Yeah. So there's like all these weird, you get dehydrated quicker. It's drier, it's sunnier. Like there's a lot of things you're not prepared for. There was an NFL player. I, I think I brought this up before. Was it Ryan Clark uh, for the Steelers? Yeah. Who's a, a, he had like a blood condition and he couldn't even, when he was playing, he could when they would play in Denver, he couldn't even come here, like yeah. because of his like white blood cells or something. Like, 
wow. just with the altitude, like he couldn't play, like he could die from his blood, blood condition. So um, I think that was who it was. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. You can buy those cans of like air too. Like I've been to a few different like resorts and stuff in Colorado, like snowboarding and just like huffing oxygen, <laughs> like as I'm walking up a hill and then where, it makes where I'm from where I'm from, they're huffing a uh, air freshener. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I, uh, I was actually, I stopped at a store, a camping store on the way up there. And I was like, man, that's weird. Why would anybody need, I, I just didn't understand it. And then within, like I said, 30 minutes of being up there, cause we camped, I think we we're camped at like 10,000 feet or 9,500 feet, yeah, something like, yeah. Um, uh, just on the side of a mountain in a tent. And, but I, I saw the, the, the air and I was like, that's odd. You know, like people don't do stuff like that you don't have those issues here. So if you've never been up there and experienced that, you don't know about it. And I, uh, I would have given every dollar I had for a can of air at two o'clock in the morning. I'm oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to sleep too. That's like the hard thing. You can't just like, Oh, maybe I'll sleep it off. Like you, cause you can't sleep. Cause you're like, feel like you the can't breathe and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I would, uh, I was like, I couldn't get a breath. I was doing that whole little like double breath thing. And that would wake me up in the middle of my sleep. And I was sitting there and even I started panicking at that point. I'm like, cause that's a, that's a really weird feeling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Take the biggest breath you possibly can and not, you're not getting what you need there, you know? And, uh, that, that was odd. And especially mm-hmm. up to that, you're like, the driving, I- driving will freak you out too. Like we, when we went somewhere, it wasn't even that far, but like, you, you'll see like, they're like, watch out for the falling rocks. And you're like on this two lane road and you look to the left and the drop off is like, holy shit and you're on the right lane thank god but then you're closer to this the uh, the stuff falling so you're just like and you're trying to be cool like you're driving you're what and you, you can my wife is just like watching like <laughs> and i'm trying to play it cool i'm listening i'm like blasting music got the windows open but part of me too is like oh fuck because right. <laughs> like, i i get weird too like I, i'm like i don't I'd much rather be driven by somebody I trust versus me yeah. having to do the driving in that situation. I'm like, I want to just chill and enjoy the view and like, enjoy it. And then you're just like, Oh, you got a dog in the car. Oh, you got yeah. the baby in the car. And then you get real freaked out, you know, but it's like, every, it, but then you look around, like here, here comes some guy flying by you in a BMW. You're like, they filming a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you watch the BMW commercials. They're like driving through the mountains. You're like, that's not, how close course <laughs> yeah it's like 14 miles an hour around the bend like they speed it up i went to uh utah and we rented me and my wife rented like a side-by-side to like rip up the mountain and but i was kind of like oh we're gonna you know ride around the valley we're gonna kind of stay on the ground and they're like no you're gonna take it up this path that's not much wider than the side-by-side all the way up the cliff and I was just like, this is not what I signed up for. You didn't check my driver's license. Why am I doing this? <laughs> they just let anybody. Like, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, you can take this. Get, here's the keys. Have fun. I had, crash. To par- I had to parallel park to get my life, not drive up a damn mountain. This is, I'm not, I'm not prepared. <laughs> exactly. Like, um, real quick, do you, I think I read something. I don't know if it's true. Are you planning to release any more music soon? Or are you I guys am. doing the new stuff now? Uh, we just recorded, we have 16 songs currently. Uh, I actually tweeted about 18 songs, but we went up to the studio the day after I tweeted that and, um, ended up only doing six additional songs on top of the 10 we had. Um, so I've got 16 songs right now. 
uh, ready to re- well, ten of which are ready to release any day. The rest are probably a few weeks out. Um, I don't have a set date in mind goal, and uh, there's a few people on Twitter that are holding me accountable, trying to anyways. <laughs> Here I said I was going to put 21 songs out in 2021. Well, I recorded 21 songs, but I haven't got them all out. But I would say no later than uh, no later than March or April we'll have at least probably 16 to 18. I mean, 16 to 20, probably more songs out. Think in full album then? Yeah, like a uh, more than likely like a double album type. Oh, situation. nice. Yeah, that's gonna be you, awesome. Do you have a title in mind? I don't. Uh, I've actually got someone working on the artwork right now, and they keep asking me, "Hey, what's the title?" And I'm like, "Ah." Well, that actually leads into a thing I had on my notes here. It was like, in a good way, like I said, you're like a hard to pinpoint. Like, yeah, I considered you country and Texas and rock and this and that. But I, you see these tweets every now and then too with like Co Wetzel's music. It's like the emo like word. It comes back again from when we were younger. Like some of your songs are really like kind of like deep and like emotional. Like I hate the word emo, but like. I don't know if that like bothers you or not, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that comes from like a grittiness and like a kind of like a deep within kind of place, but is it a lot of that still, or is it kind of like, like a mix? Like you got, you got some like foot stompers in there and no, it's definitely the, um, it's the heaviest stuff I've ever done. Oh, damn. Okay. Um, it's going to be – well, I say that. There's some more – There's no uh, boot scooting boogie in there. They're, they're... <laughs> not on this. Not on this. <laughs> um, but that's – again, that's something I kind of – I told my producer about um, a while back. You know, I was like, I don't want to be uh, just one lane. I, I want to do whatever because um, yeah. I listen – like we talked about earlier, I listen to everything. So, yep. I mean – uh, I, I'm not really trying to get my songs necessarily put on country radio or whatever, you know, it may be. Um, so I'm not too concerned with <clears throat> at this time, any of that stuff. I'm just writing songs that I like and putting them out, um, you know, as we go. And if this month we're feeling like more rock stuff, then we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Um, I grew up on the grungy, like we talked about earlier, that my kind of yeah. stuff that I go back to, I, I grew up on that, like the more grunge into the early 2000s rock, like you're talking about. And <clears throat> so it's not surprising that that's kind of how music would turn. But uh, then again, I'm also a huge Gary Stewart fan, you know, old older country and stuff yeah. like that. If I want to write a song about getting drunk on a bar stool one day, I might do that. And yeah. yeah. You know, um, that, that's just kind of kind of where we're at. Um, do you like Whiskey Myers? Because I feel like they do a good job of kind of skirting that line. You'll, you'll get like a really deep, fucking emotional song, and then you get this like boom, like this like part anthem you want to just like drink to. You fan yeah, of them? I am. Uh, yeah. And uh, I should have mentioned earlier that I used to go around and watch. Uh, oh, cool. They kind. When I first started really hearing about them, um, and I started going to their concerts and stuff, uh, I went and watched them a few different spots. But man, they they put on a show and Oof, uh, man, yeah, their their live show is insane. But yeah, I really like their stuff. 
Um, I like their their they're kind of like a um, almost like a a modern skinner a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, kind of feel. And um, I really vibe with that. And they're from like 45, 50 minutes from where I was going to say, I think they're from nearby. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're in the palace area. Um, that's where they, uh, I don't know. I, I can't remember who all, if the whole band lived there, but I know some of them are from that area and stuff. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm from Edgewood, which is probably, maybe an hour, hour and 15 minutes north of there. Yeah. I saw Gio uh, from Giovanni, the hired guns tweet about like the Texas country scene and like so many, like how so many rockers kind of get lumped into that almost. And it's kind of cool. I almost kind of like how there's like, cause it really is a scene. It's not necessarily like a sound. I don't think yeah. you can take like the Texas music and say like, Oh, it's a sound, but it's a scene in the sense that there's guys like you and Gio and Co and Whiskey Myers and Cody who kind of Austin Mead, you know, kind of bring a lot of that rock and roll flavor to the, to the music. And then you have guys like, you know, Randy Rogers, Josh Abbott, Randall King, bringing like straight up honky tonk country stuff, but like they all kind of fit in the same like umbrella of Texas music, yeah. Texas country, you know, and it's just kind of a cool differentiation where there's not necessarily a, a sound that defines that there's no borders on it. It's just, we're all part of this thing together. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't like the term, you know, Texas country, you know, say like necessarily, it's just like you Texas music, man. Um, that's kind of what I feel like you said, everybody's doing. I think one thing about everybody down here is, uh, you know, people really aren't afraid to, I mean, even some of the more country guys, they just say whatever they want to say, you know? Um, and I, I, like we talked about earlier, being real, uh, don't get me wrong. There are guys that aren't, but the majority of people. Down names. There, just kidding. I said no, names. <laughs> I'm not a, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There, there are folks that put on a front, whatever they want to do. That's them. But for the most part, man, down here, it's just everybody says what they want to say and play the music they want to play. And, you know, <clears throat> they don't have anybody telling them what they should and shouldn't be doing. And like y'all said earlier, uh, people recognize that. And I think that's why Texas is doing so good. Yeah. As a whole, not just, I, I, I won't just say Texas because there are guys from Oklahoma that are doing yeah. great as well. You know what I'm saying? So it's not Texas itself, but like, this southern area here i would say last two questions random are you first are you a football fan do you have a, a team who's your yeah. team cowboys cowboys okay how about yeah. this urban meyer stuff it's pretty funny right uh yeah i i didn't <laughs> it because i mean I, I i saw what was going on and everything but i just been not like i said i, I just kind of Kind of, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to it. Maybe, well, when they fired him last night, when we were all sleeping, I woke up after <laughs> I woke up after smoking weed, and I slapped one of our writers. I go, Urban. That's all I said. I, didn't even, I haven't. I was duck hunting all morning, and then I literally hooked up to my trailer and drove up here. So I didn't even know that. Yeah, they. Uh, and the, the stories are just so funny. He kicked the kicker. 
and warmups. Oh man, just right. amazing, uh, uh, funny. Oh, D- Dallas, yeah. Dallas won me some money this year gambling, so I'm hoping they can uh, keep yep. doing that. And they're gonna, they're. I don't know, I don't know. Playoff comes, they got to go to Green Bay or something. We'll see, but yeah. it's gonna be tough. But and then the last thing, Wes, I think you mentioned this, the Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> McConaughey not running for governor might do it someday. Are you, would you vote for McConaughey? Are you, are you, uh, cause he says he's very in the middle, which I think is nice for somebody think, to say. Yeah. I think that's, uh, most of us are, yeah. in the middle, you know, um, obviously you have the, I mean, if he's kind of riding the libertarian line there, then I'm sure he would do just fine down here because I want to smoke weed, but I want to shoot my guns. So, <laughs> Right. I, I, I saw that video that went viral again. It's it's him in New Orleans. I don't know if I have I said this again recently was the no, I don't think so. him and Brad Pitt throwing the football. Was, maybe. I, yeah. They're just like they're in these two rentals like Airbnbs in, on Bourbon in, Street. in New Orleans on Bourbon Street. And Brad Pitt comes out. You're like, what the fuck's going on here? Right. He goes, hey, you need a beer. And Brad Pitt throws him a beer across the thing and he catches it and he throws the football across. And I'm like, it's just McConaughey and Brad Pitt kind of throwing the ball around and throwing the, throwing the beers around. I'm like, is this real? Like, this right. is what, what it means to be McConaughey. You just get a Airbnb in, in New Orleans. Next thing you know, Brad Pitt comes out of the alley and he goes, Hey, you want a beer? And he throws it over. And then you run for, yeah, I want to vote for that guy. <laughs> He's definitely got my vote right now. Right. I, now. Li- I liked how he skirted that line though. Like he did interviews where they would try to press him on certain political issues and he would be very good about being like, no, I'm not going down that road. And yeah. Um, awesome. Well, like Schwarzenegger too. Like yeah. you wait till the end of like you're in your sixties maybe. And then you do it. Like if you really want to make a difference type of thing, but whatever. McConaughey. Yeah. McConaughey 2024. Texas <laughs> McConaughey. Dylan Wheeler, all that great stuff. New music coming. Dude, awesome. We got to, if you're back in Colorado or you go to Chicago and hopefully West moves out here soon, if you're in Colorado, we can hang out, have some uh, course banquets, course lights, and shoot the shit. Yeah. Like, absolutely. In, in, in the real. And do a duck hunt. Yeah. And then <laughs> shoot some, shoot, shoot some birds. Shoot something. Yeah. I'm down for sure. That is <laughs> all right. Dude, we all had right. a great time with you, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank y'all for having me. I, I, I really appreciate y'all thinking of uh, thinking of me and asking me to hop on here. No, absolutely. Yeah, tell, absolutely. tell the boys hello, and uh, you guys be safe out there on the road. Yes, sir. Y'all take it easy, man. All right, you too. Yeah. See you, Dylan.